today on The Breakdown. David versus Goliath. Squirrel versus cat. Moon versus planet. That's the kind of matchup we've got here today. We've got little itty-bitty nobody guy whose hen and mob barely exists against one of the all-time money winners. A guy with $17 million in earnings. That's Timothy Adams. And they're playing a hand relatively deep in the Monte Carlo event that happened at, uh, in, in Monte Carlo, I guess. The Poker Stars event. It was the main event, 5,300 buy-in. There's only 40-some-odd players left. Everything is starting to get on the line, especially for this guy who's got nothing. You need a microscope to see his friggin' end and mob. We're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I mean, that was kind of rude, the way you described... You need tweezers to pick up his Hendon mob, bro. <laughs> Christoph Panetti, of course, you're yeah. talking about. I mean, yeah. maybe he's a cr- cash game crusher. I don't know anything. I just I just looked him up, and he's a surprisingly small Hendon mob. I will tell okay. you that his best live cash is this event, which he's already in the money, and when we're talking about this. Yeah. And before this event began, he had a total of $7,000 in earnings. Yeah. So, yeah. that This is one of the things that really attracts people to poker, right, is like... You don't, ha- you don't have to earn your way to play LeBron James. You can just put the money up and play LeBron James. I mean, oh, I mean, I don't know if he's saying they're like, oh, my God, it's Timothy Adams. I mean, maybe he is. No, but of course. But I see what you're saying. He, but, okay, so imagine it was Daniel Negreanu instead. No, no, of course. Yeah. I remember the first time, like, Scott Seaver sat at my table in a World Series event, and I was like, Scott Seaver just raised my big blind. I hope I play well. <laughs> <laughs> hope I win the hand, man. Yeah, no, um, there's a little bit of that. I think you get over it pretty quickly. Maybe not everyone does. Like, it's not, it's not. I don't know. I, I guess what I sort of had a weird entry into the World Series and stuff because I was friends with someone who like knew a lot of the sort of bigger name poker pe- people early on when I first went to the World Series my first year. So I sort of met a bunch of folks who I otherwise wouldn't have met. So they were quickly like, oh, you guys aren't that cool. <laughs> it's not that exciting to meet a poker celebrity. No, of course. So, of course. But so I mean, it was less exciting to me than it would be for But I'm saying people. for a guy like Panetti was 6,000 in yeah. Hendon. When I had his Hendon, I would have probably been thrilled to sit down with somebody I'd seen play on TV. At yeah, this point, I've course. done it a lot of times, so it's different. But yeah. like, No, that, that happened for me too. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I remember that a few different times. And guys who are kind of within the poker universe, not even a big deal. Like Timothy Adams, much bigger deal. Like, like sort of like this guy was on ESPN a few times and I, but I remember it cause I used to watch everything and it was, it was kind of cool. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, Vadim Trencher. I remember playing with him. Vadim Trencher. Huh? Yeah. My, my first poker celebrity I played with was in my first world series event back in 2013. I think it was Eric Lindgren. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You were very excited cause he complimented you once. He did. And I also had not yet known about his sports betting problems, but uh. he, kept talking about how Alabama's line was bad for that year. <laughs> that was what he was talking about the whole time. And then in retrospect, it's like, oh, I guess you're still doing I mean, was that. Was he right? I don't know. I, didn't, I don't remember what happened that season. It was 2013. Yeah. I just know that I, he was talking about sports betting the whole time. And then he came out saying, like, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. You know, so I'll say this. Um, I, I have a friend who used to make a lot of sports bets with Eric Lindgren, like a lot. And Eric, Eric Lindgren's, um, the, his slogan that he said, no matter what, was all bets accepted. You want to make him an offer, he will take either side of something as long as, you know, he thinks it's reasonable, period. So he just wanted that action. That was not a, uh, not a viable strategy, apparently. It seems as though it wasn't. For some people, you know, if you have the right pool of people, that might be a great strategy. But against sharp, more sharpie people, it's not so I mean, good. If, you're playing, if you're doing this against high-stakes poker players who are going to, like, think about this, be like, okay, how, how am I going to cut yeah. an edge here? Oh, how about cutting an edge against the guy who will not juice me like the house will? And, and take, take either side. Same, yeah, yeah. Like, come on. 
yeah. If I, yeah, some people are just going to be suckers, but he doesn't get an edge on those people and the people who have an edge. Yeah, it's, it's not going to work out. I think also he's probably really bad at all of this. <laughs> like he was bad at fantasy football. He was bad at everything and played huge stakes and all that stuff. I know that. Well, having, anyway, whatever. Having, having full tilt points bailed him for a while. But anyway, did back to this hand, Timothy Adams against Christoph Panetti and a couple other players, but they are garbage humans. Let's be honest about it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, it, yeah, Timothy Adams, like Jonathan said, 17 million in earnings. It's pretty good. Christoph Panetti, 6,000. David versus Goliath. It is. Yes. I don't know about planet versus moon. I don't know if that actually happens too often. They, oh, yeah. You don't know in the whole multiverse. You don't know if a moon has ever run into a planet. You son of a bitch. Okay, but the context is different because yeah. in the David versus Goliath myth, there's an active fight. There's agency on the part sure. of both parties. Yeah. When a planet versus, versus a moon, that's just a gravitational event. Oh, right? yeah, because you know. You just know. You if, think they you, have agency oh, and they're you like, know you know that what? Fuck this planet. There's no moon in the entire multiverse that's sentient in any way. That's got to be sure because... It isn't endless. And then it fights the, the planet. Yeah. What does that look like? Do they just run into each other? I mean, I'm thinking it's either that or they have weapons. <laughs> what if the moon has a knife like, and the planet has so a gun has and the planet's arms. like, you screwed up, moon. You screwed up bad. <laughs> they have arms? Why do they, they have arms? They're planets and moons. They're, they're circular. What a dumb question. So where is, where is the knife? Where's the knife? It's resting on it's the surface. No, it's sticking out of the planet's skull is where the knife is after the moon buried it there. That's where the knife is. The planet has a skull? <laughs> sure, it, the whole thing is sort of a skull. I don't, I know. don't think that you're painting a very good picture here. I don't think you're doing a good job creating this universe and world. Moon versus planet for all the heads up for rolls. All the marbles. Moon versus planet. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, you made a good point. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, this was suggested by Alex Trembath, longtime listener and suggester. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. He suggested on Twitter. We are, of course, the Poker Guys on Twitter. If you have a suggestion for the breakdown, tweet at us. Include a YouTube link. That's, all, that's, that's about it. I don't want to take a lot of time on this, but you okay. kind of just disrespected Alex pretty hardcore. <laughs> I did not. You didn't mention, you know, where he stands. I feel like we don't need to mention this on every <laughs> podcast. I feel like we've gone too far with it. We go so far with it. I'm trying to get away from just that. a one liner. How about a one liner for the poor guy who's like such a suggester? Alex Trumbath, I said, longtime listener and suggester. That is not much of any. Is he a Hall of Famer or not? Just yes, he's know. a Hall of Famer. Are you sucking up, though? What the fuck is wrong with He's you? Definitely a Hall of Famer, Grant. So many people host podcasts <laughs> in the world. It's a very popular job to try try to do. Yeah, and I think I might have 99th percentile most difficult person to host podcast with. That's what makes it great, though, isn't it? Don't you want not a for challenge? me? <laughs> <laughs> you just want smooth sailing, don't you? You just want to kick back and yeah. no, no work. Yeah, just I don't. Pre- I don't buy into. I don't buy into like working hard makes you a better person. Bullshit. I want to work not hard and do nothing. Don't you want to grow? Be a better person. I'm done growing, man. I'm 32 years old. My bones are done. It's sad to see you right now, and it's embarrassing for the listeners. I'm embarrassed for them, (laughs) for the listeners. All right, okay, let's move on. So So we didn't spend any time on that, at least. (laughs) I'm going to find a different guy than you. All right. So we've got Timothy Adams, who I think we can legitimately call a luminary. I think that's fair. It's interesting. I think he is, um, but you no, know, most people haven't heard of him comparatively to most of the other luminaries, right? He's not a well-known luminary, but a luminary all the same. Lumin, he's luminous. Okay, he he's you know some light escapes. Escapes. He's like holding in the light. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's five k, ten k. We're deep in the tournament, as Jonathan said. Like forty-seven players left, uh, and Adams has a million in chips, so that's a pretty good spot for one of the better tournament players in the world. In what, what, you should say the big blind is what five k, ten k. Yeah, hundred blinds. Yeah. Uh, 
is queen six of spades in the cutoff. Okay. Decides, I'm going to open this. That makes sense. It's fine. Sure. 23K. Tell me what you think my opinion on this next guy's decision is going to be. Uh, even just you asking yeah, I that, I know what your opinion okay, is going to well, be, and it's you don't like it. Well, let's see what your opinion is. Okay. Guy named Zaytun, garbage human, has 623K in front of him. He's on the button. He has ace seven offsuit calls. Super easy call. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Super easy flat. Yeah, there, when yeah. you have 62 blinds effective against a really good player, I mean, and gonna, he opens the cutoff. If and you, you flop two pair, what, you're just going to stack him so up. <laughs> no, obviously, this is um, a bad play. No one should be flatting this hand in this spot. This is a clear three better fold. Probably three bet against a guy like Tim Adams, who's probably opening way too much. Yeah. How's that? Did I do good? Yeah. Okay. Seems like all very, very obvious. Yeah, of course. All right. So then we come to our minnow, Christoph Panetti. Nice. Yeah. He's got 254K in the small blind. So 20, just over 25 blinds. Not, yeah. sitting, not sitting very pretty. This is a good squeeze spot, though. It is a pretty good squeeze spot. 25 spot. blinds is like perfect spot. He's got five, six of clubs. You could it's a re- squeeze. It's you a could very squeeze reasonable hand. squeeze hand. I, I like that better than a call, it, especially considering the the stage of the tournament we're in, where we're in the money, but the jumps are going to be minuscule. It's a great point compared to what they will be eventually. It's a good know? time to see to gamble it up a little bit. If it yeah. doesn't work out, it's not the worst time to bust. It's a really you can pick up a lot of chips right now. Right there's what there's, twenty sixty. There's sixty six. There's seventy one thousand in the pot. And he's got 250K in front of him. I mean, that's amazing. He's going to pick it up so much. Yeah. And he's got reasonable equity when called. Not good equity, but, you know, reasonable. Like, even if, even if um, what's-his-face, Tim Adams has aces, you actually have one of the better hands up, to go up against aces. It's still not good, but... I mean, you, you don't want him to have aces. No, of course not. But yeah. any, like, overpair, you have a reason... You have, like... It's better than having, like, two nines against an overpair. Obviously, you'd rather have two nines here. Don't get me wrong. But I'm of saying, like, rather have two But, nines. like, when called, five, six plays pretty well. Well, Panetti decides to just flat the small blind. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I think if he's in the big blind, it's yep. uh, pretty standard to flat there. Yep. But small blind, eh, it's tough to play. You know? He's going to be out of position to everyone. He's he, not closing the action. He sets up a squeeze for the big blind now. That's really problematic. And he's against Tim Adams. You know, you don't want to play post-flop against he's the guy who's really He's got huge stack better. to pot issues, too. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, I really think this is... It's probably not as bad as the A7 flat, but, I agree. I, I 100% but, agree. It's but not as it's bad as that. still a mistake, for sure. I think you could argue that if he was, like, clearly the best player at the table, that this might be okay, because he doesn't... He wants to, like, cut an edge post-flop. Maybe. 25 blinds, it's hard to have too much of an edge. There's the... There's already so many. It blinds is, but in we there. we see more and more the top the top guys you know playing with smaller stacked power There's ratios. Like nine blinds in there already. You have two and a half to one with six five suited out of position at least three ways, probably four. I mean, good luck. <laughs> Good luck making that work. Yep. Well, anyway, he has 6,000 in earnings. So, yeah, that's there you go. The type of that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I mean, it's fine. He's allowed to be an amateur. And yeah, you're allowed to do that. We think we think these last two things are mistakes. Maybe, you know, 10 years from now, we're gonna be like, of course, you flat six, five suited there for the 12 reasons, you know, and we'll and maybe the solvers even think that. These yeah, days. it's possible that five, six. I mean, I could see that with five, six. I cannot see that with the a seven, though. Yeah. I mean, the solvers apparently like the king six flat in yeah. the small blind that what's his face? Segerbrecht suited. Did. It was suited. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, but this is five six suited. Yeah, and so it's a similar blind amount. So the solvers might actually like it. Yeah, but man, let's squeeze. That's yeah. what I say in real life. Let's squeeze. Who anyway, know, go who on. knows? Maybe the solvers like a seven off on the button too. I don't know, but I mean, I can't imagine why. It seems like practically those things don't work. But whatever. Moving anyway, on. there's a guy named Mikel in the big blind. Good, got, good. <laughs> yeah, that is good. He's got seven four off, and he's going to call because he's getting an incredible yeah. price. He'll call thirteen k to win one hundred and two k. Hey, you know what just happened? 
The stack to pot got even worse for the five six suited, and it was always always going to either that was yeah. going to happen or he was going to get shoved on by the big blind and have to fold. It's going to be one of those two things almost every time, and once in a while you fold out an absolute trash hand, and it doesn't. Although anyway. conversely, it also means there's more value yes. with this speculative hand. No, no, he gets a little bit more value if, but it's not. I still think it, the math doesn't work. Also, what's bad for him is that Mikel has seven of clubs, four of diamonds, which the seven of clubs yeah. is a really bad hand, bad card for Panetti to not be able to hit. And also the four, not yep. so good either. Yep. Those are straight out. Anyway, 102,000 in the pot now. Yep. 102,000 reasons to play Survivor Pools on Nitrogen Sports Poker. Give us the first 942, and I'll do the rest. After you do the full 942, I'll finish out the 100,000. Okay. Go. Reason number one. Yes. The grass is always greener on the other side. Number two. <laughs> number two. Pokemon red version. Number three. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> okay, number three. Uh, Latavius Murray. 939 to go. All number right. four. Uh Hair plugs. And we'll wrap it up with number five. <laughs> number five is going to be table. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 we're at a table. I just saw a table. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, survivor pools. You could have done actual reasons that people might want to play, but nice to ignore I mean, all we'll, of that. I'll, I'll, I'll give those right now. Oh. The actual reasons you might want to play survivor pools is if you enjoy the NFL and you like sports betting and you want a fun, different way to bet on the NFL. Oh, look at you. So cool. Now you tell them how the survivor pool works. I sure will, Grant. So there's a whole bunch of people who are playing, and everybody each week picks one team to win that week. So your team, they have to be playing. If they win their game, you advance. If they lose or tie, you're out. You can only pick each team once for the entire season. So you have to go undefeated, and whoever is left standing at the end gets all the money. It's super fun, and one of the cool things that Nitrogen does is they have a wide variety of buy-ins from absolutely zero nothing which they free. add to the prize pool by the yeah, way yeah, it's a free roll yeah of course otherwise yeah it's not like a, a free not roll. just for fun yeah, yeah. no i think they put at least half a bitcoin up in there um maybe even more but at least half a bitcoin all the way up to a one bitcoin buy-in and they have lots of small buy-ins if you want to just get your your fingers a little bit wet you know tip dip your toe in the pool there i certainly like to do like don't say get few. your fingers a little bit wet <laughs> just don't say that <laughs> so you say that but you said it after i've already said it so how does that i'm just work? saying for future reference yeah you know, well, we're not going to edit it out. I'll tell no, you that. we've <laughs> never once edited anything. That's, not, that's, that's not a lie. One time, maybe. I think twice. Maybe twice. I've said, I said, I can think of two things I've said that we've had to go back yeah. and edit out because they were just too much. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, nitrogen. <laughs> so uh, what you want to do is, of course, use the link in the description of this podcast to sign up for nitrogen. And because of this uh, cool free roll thing they have, you don't even have to deposit Bitcoin because, of course, it is a Bitcoin only poker room, casino and sports betting site. Um, you can just play for free with that one. And if you want to put a little Bitcoin on there and get your sports betting on, your casino games on, your poker on, your other NFL bigger survivor pools on, you can do that too. Yep. And, you know, Bitcoin's easier than ever to get. So you can, you can figure it out. If, you, if before it seemed arduous, just Google how to get Bitcoin. It's pretty easy if you're interested. Oh, yeah. These, days, these days, anyone can do it. I mean, you should be able to do Anybody. it. Anybody. It's, it's like it's, it's not that much harder than listening to a podcast. You know what? That's true. If you're like starting out for the first time, yeah. it's just slightly harder at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty good. There's places to purchase it. Moving it isn't that bad anymore. It's all pretty reasonable. Yeah. Anyway, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Get you some poker. Get on in there and have, get you some poker. Have a parkey. Nitrogen Sports. The coldest, coolest place ever. Except also the hottest, warmest place ever. <laughs> because we're on fire, baby. Also, it's frozen. <laughs> This made no sense. Hey, we didn't break the, the, the world this time. Like last, last week, someone tweeted out about how I, it was a record for how quickly I broke the ad because I immediately came in with my laughter and just 
just you know subverting whatever you were doing with the ad. So this is pretty good. Yeah, I'm you really basically stand on point. Extremely proud of you for <laughs> doing that. I did make you do those reasons, which had nothing to do with anything. So maybe that counts. Anyway, whatever. It's okay. I just got to say some random words. It was great. It was great. Uh, Hundred and two thousand in the pot. Yes. The the two important hands are going to be Queen Six of Spades for Adams and Christoph Panetti in the small blind with five Six of Clubs as the effective stack yeah. with about twenty five blinds to start the hand. Forget about the A seven and the seven four. Yeah, those guys can shut the hell up. They can eat it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They can. They probably do. The flop is nine of diamonds, ten of clubs, queen of clubs. Okay. You can see why these are the two hands that are going to be involved. Yeah. Adams flops top pair, no kicker, and Panetti flops a flush draw, albeit not a super fun, happy flush draw. Yeah. And it checks around. So right. I think the most interesting decision is Adams. Yes. Should Adams be betting? How deep are is Adams' opponents again? We've got a 20 blinds, 25 blinds, and the small blind. What do the other two guys have? Uh, the ace-7 guy has 62 blinds. So he's terrible. And the other guy in the big blind, I'm going to have to go back a little bit yeah. and figure that out. It's queen ten nine, right? Two clubs. Yeah. The other guy in the big blind has uh, 34 blinds. I'm a little surprised uh, we don't get a bet out of Tim Adams. I understand that it's not a great situation. And obviously, getting raised does suck. But like, it's a pretty wet board that's only going to get wetter. And you're going to give like gut shots that are absolutely going to fold like free shots to beat you and overcards. You mean shots six, seven? You. Because what, what other gut shots? I'm not saying actual gut shots. I'm saying someone who's got a king. Oh, a king. The big blind has king four suited, and now he's going to get a free shot at the jack when he's just going to fold otherwise. He's got king four diamonds. He's just going to fold if you bet. Instead, he's going to call. And instead, he doesn't have to call, and he gets a free shot. That's at That's really the only thing to protect against, though, right? I mean, the gut shots? Yeah. Um, yeah, clubs, are pro- clubs aren't going to fold yeah. anyway. Um, and there might You can get raise. value out of a 10, which you're not going to do right now. Now, maybe you get value out of later. This seems like I'm a little surprised, though. Four ways, a really wet board. He's not betting top pair. I think I understand he doesn't have a good kicker. I think I like it. Yeah, How I think come? I like it. Just kind of see what happens on the turn. I mean, we're just going to lose so often now when we might not. It's just like you have to fold if you get raised with queen six here. Um, you absolutely have to. I don't. It depends on who raises you. Who's going to raise you that you're going to call? If we bet and the small blind shoves, you're going to call. He's got twenty five blinds. We'll have put. We're going to bet like we have to bet kind of big actually because it's a wet board. We're going to bet like five and a half, maybe six blinds, something like so that. So 55K into 102. Something like that. And then he shoves for 230. 30. And you're calling? I think we probably do have to call. I hate that. Well, then we shouldn't bet if we're not yeah. going to call. So there you go. That's why I think we have to call. So I, would, so I think betting's okay. You think we shouldn't call, so you shouldn't bet. That's yeah. fine. I think those are both reasonable. Like the board's too wet to not call. And what's he really shoving besides? 910, queen 10. Sure. Straights. Yeah. But there aren't very many of those things. We block some of those. And he's not calling with that many of them with 25 blinds. I mean, you always say this. You yeah. always make this argument after he calls with a hand that you don't expect him to call with. It's okay. I can still make it. Like, king, like, he, we, don't really expect, like we don't really expect him to have King Jack very often, right? I understand he, he really might because yeah. he called with this. But like, we would expect he's going to squeeze with King Jack most of the time, right? As Timothy Adams. I don't know. You might know, you might know more about this guy than just we do from watching this one hand. Sure. You know? that's, that's true. Especially because based on what we do know about this guy now, yeah. he may be very obviously an amateur. Yeah. So I don't know if you can really make that assumption. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I think it's a mistake to bet fold this hand for the most part on this what a board. Um, but you're bet folding against either of the other players? Not, no. Just, I was saying if the guy shoves. Um, okay, but I what think, about Zayton if the guy in the button raises? Probably fold then, right? 
pro- it depends a lot on what we know about him. If I don't know anything about him, I'm not just going to bet full top pair for deepish. I'm going to call once and see what happens on the turn. These are all arguments for checking to me. Like um, that's fair. That's fair. It seems like super high variance, you know? Yeah, that is high variance. That's true. Like super high variance, mm-hmm. you know? Well, we don't have to keep calling. You know, we call the raise and make some decisions, like see what cards come, see if he bets again. A lot of times they're going to check back. I mean, there's not a lot of great cards for queen six of spades. Right. As far as like, we're going to call again. Mm-hmm. Maybe a six, but then maybe we just lose everything. Cause I mean, if we bet, this is just one of the better hands we're going to have. So we're just going to have to like, this is not for, one of for the value for value. It's going to be one of the, be- I mean, no, sorry. I don't mean it that way. I mean, in terms of our actual range, like we're going to be betting some like draws. We're going to be betting some, uh, some complete air misses, maybe. You think Tim Adams is betting complete no, air on this board and four players? I absolutely. Don't. I really even as I is, even as I said it, I was like, "That's this isn't even not close true. to one of the better hands we're going to have when we bet." No, I mean, obviously we got we have we have better hands, but like having top pair is pretty good, and you can't just bet fold top pair unless you're up against someone you can easily exploit. Okay, by but folding. let's let's actually go through this okay, because you seem very it. clear about it, and let's I feel very clear the other way. Okay, cool. That this is absolutely not one of the better hands that we bet. Like, name the other hands that we bet. What's the worst hand that we bet? No, we're, we... we're basically... No, I, I think we're basically betting um, just good draws, and this is... And, and in terms of made hands, this is probably the worst hand we bet. I'll give yeah. you that. Um, it's possible we, we might bet two jacks, but we probably don't. That's also a draw that's like... Yeah. Uh, Jack, jacks is a better hand to call a raise with than queen six yeah. on this board. I don't disagree with that. Um, except we block a queen, which is a little bit nicer. With the sure. Six. But, but I hear you. Um, yeah, no, in terms of made hands, I agree. Also, a singular queen is not going to raise us, most likely. Um, correct. So blocking a queen I mean, isn't we, as big of a deal. It blocks queen 10 and queen 9, I guess. There's that's, just, that's good. But. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. The, one of the reasons why Tim Adams checks, though, goes to sort of your point, which is he's like, I've got all these amateurs behind me who are absolutely flatting with hands like queen 10 and 9, 10 and all this kind of weird stuff. And, and they're going to play pretty, pretty straightforwardly post-flop. Sure. You know? And if all that's true, maybe checking's just better. Yeah. Although then you can bet and fold really comfortably if you think they're going to play straightforwardly post-flop, right? Yeah, like, oh, which, I'm beat. That's easy. Yeah, I would argue for either a bet fold or a check. Yeah. And if, you know, if, they're, if, they're, if they're the kinds of people who are going to be super straightforward, then of course we should be bet folding. Of course. Like, there's some people you can 100% bet fold top pair against, but then there's a lot of other people you absolutely can't, right? And it's just a question of who's who. Yeah, I suppose so. But okay. So anyway, I, I like the decision. Yeah, check. okay. That's fine. Do you like it or do you... I think it's fine. Okay. You would have bet... I think I would have bet because the board's so wet. And you would have called if the small blind shoved? It and depends. I, and I don't know anything about the small blind in practice, and he does. So it, based on my knowledge of him, I would either call or fold, depending on what I think about him, you know. But if he shoves, I'm probably more likely calling than folding. It's just tough. Your equity against his range is not good. Um, you know, if he's got draws, my equity's fine. If he's got a lot of draws there, which he should have, he should play all his draws like that, right? Um. Mike was okay. Mike it depends on good. how many draws he can show up with, I guess. But he, I mean, there, there aren't that many hands that I'm losing to that he would shove there. Although, if he has king-queen, he might check shove. That yeah. is the one thing with 25 blinds. So again, this goes back to what do I know about this guy? If you don't know anything and you're a little concerned about it, checking is totally reasonable. That's what Timothy Adams does, and he's yeah. got 17 million in earnings. What do you <laughs> got, Levy? Yeah, you know else has lots of earnings? 8 million in earnings? You know who's got 8 million? Valentin Warren. Mike Dentali. Yeah, good for How him. How do you like that? I'm so, proud of him. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Checks around. Just a little random shot at Mike Dentali. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty random. <laughs> it's because he seems like a mean person probably. Yeah, that's exactly that. why. All right. So it checks around. There's still 102K in the pot. 
this, the important hands are still okay. Christoph Panetti with five six of clubs in the small blind and two hundred and thirty ish k in front of him, and Timothy Adams with queen six of spades for top pair. The turn is the queen of hearts. Well, that's a good turn card for Tim Adams, and he better start to feel a little more married to this hand now. I mean, yeah, he should feel happy about this card. Still don't love getting raised. No, of course not. But getting raised is almost always a negative experience yeah. in poker. But if it checks through and we bet and we get raised now, you're just like, well, I mean, am I really just, I mean, I'm losing to queen 10. <laughs> and 9-9 nine, nine and 10-10 ten, ten and hands and like And queen that, but, 9 suited, I guess. Yeah. Like, and still the flop straights, but like, okay, I, I have know, outs people, against everything. People at least, might now be raising everything. all of their trip queens at this point once it checks around on the flop and then mm-hmm. Adam spends the turn and we're losing to all of the trip queens. Yeah. Which is negative. It's it bad. is. But anyway, that's a good card for Tim Adams, and that's that. Yep. He should feel better about his hand. So, uh, so it checks to Adams. Should it? Should Panetti be betting this now out of the small blind? The only reason not to bet, I think, is to absolutely be check-raising check if anybody bets. Because once it gets to Adams, you'd think Adams almost never has a queen. Neither does the guy behind him. Right. Yeah. When Adams bets, if Adams bets now, it feels a lot like King Tanner, Ace Tanner, something like that. Absolutely. Jack, Jack, maybe whatever hands that might strongly consider folding. Not not super strong hands. Not trip queens are better. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost ever feels like a pretty easy shove uh, or raise or whatever you you know raise where you're committed. Um, So actually, I think so. I think that's the only reason not to bet it ourselves. I think it's I kind of like a bet, but if you want it to be even stronger, maybe a check raise is better, especially if you're seen as an amateur. It could check around again, of course, and that yeah. would not, that's not what you want with six high. But okay, but then we don't have to put any chips in the pot and get yeah. to see the river for free. That's okay, too. I just don't want to... Calling seems like a bad idea if once the big blind checks. Yep. The big blind is the one guy who reasonably has trip queens. The other two don't really have it almost ever. It turns out Adams does, but almost ever. Well, this he, is one of the reasons why the check is pretty great by Tim Adams now. Like, look how underrepped he is. Oh, my God. Well, it helps that he turns trips. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But like now, it's like... It's so hard to put him on trip queens. That's yeah. pretty cool. Now, I mean, how often is he actually going to hit one of the two outs for that to be in play? But whatever. Not often enough for it to matter, I think. Yeah. Anyway, it checks to Adams. Time to bet. He bets 35 into 102. Wow. Small bet. He's like, if anyone had anything, they would have already bet. Yeah, I guess there's still Zaytun behind him on the button, but it would feel like Zaytun would have bet a queen on the button. A lot of the time. And maybe he would have bet a 10. Not sure. I mean, I don't know. You're you're pushing for Tim Adams to check queen six. I don't know why you think Zaytun would bet a 10. He has said. one fewer player behind, and he's seen that the preflop aggressor is already checked. It's a little different. It's a little different, but you've got the other two blinds. Could I'm not saying his. that it's a good play to bet yeah. a 10. I'm saying he might have. Yeah. No, also, he called with a seven. Yeah, so. this guy is terrible. Yeah. It's not the end of the world to bet a 10 there anyway, honestly. You're like, I mean, let's see if we can take it down. I'm obviously not calling a race. Like, I'm not in a weird spot. Like, it's an easy bet fold with a 10, right? And most 10s the Zaytun has are, are going to be a combo draw. Or not combo draw, but a pair and straight draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. You know? um, anyway, Adams anyway. bets 35K. He's just thinking like, okay, my opponent's ranges are pretty weak. Let's He's trying see to get if I can get a little value. He's trying to get called by a 10 or a 9 or, yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're keeping a jack alive, I guess, which is not the best you're thing. keeping but clubs alive, too. Not the worst thing, either. It's fine. Yeah. So Zaytun folds, thankfully yep. ending his adventure with a seven off. Yep. What should Panetti do? He's got 226K in his stack. The pot He's has like 137,000 in it. <sighs> One thing that sort of sucks is like if we were to move all in here, it just doesn't really look like we do that with trip queens, does it? I mean, it's or, or a full house or super, something. Yeah, yeah, like it's just not really believable. It's too much. Like we, need, to, we see, need Tim Adams to bet more. I could see him doing it with Jack eight or King Jack straights. You know, that, those are the yeah. hands that maybe he would play like that. 
if he's going to do that with that, maybe you should do it with, with Trip Queens then too, right? Because that's even weaker, and you're still trying to protect your equity, right? But this with Jack Aiden and King Jack, you can get called by Trip Queens, and, and that's, that's true. That's, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Um, but even then, it's like it doesn't look like Tim Adams has Trip Queens. So like moving in. I mean, moving in is good because you're going to fold out Tim a lot, but the story is bad. Yeah, but sometimes the, the story can fuck off, you know? I think we should make a big race here. Okay, basically a committing race. Yeah, we can't, we can't race fold this hand. Yeah, this we point. can't make it 135 and then fold for another 90. No way. So I think it's fine to make an amount, make an amount that um, we know we're not folding. And I mean, we could just move in, I guess. Like, what's the difference? We might as well. Let's just move in. I'm, I'm down with that. Let's I, just I feel in. like I've often found myself regretting like being like, well, it's like a little bit too much to shove with this hand, but it would be so much more comfortable to shove, yeah. but I'm not going to like do that because I'm not, I'm not supposed to or whatever in air quotes. So I'm going to make it a smaller amount than the dude calls. And I'm like, great. <laughs> now, if I miss the turn, I'm going to move in and have no fold equity. Yeah. And sweet. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're not going to have any fold equity, you should just, you should finish moving in. Right. Yeah. If you can do it, if you can do a Bryn Kenny where you can tell a really super powerful story, against someone who's thinking about right, it. Right, I'm not talking about that. Specific. I'm saying if, like, Panetti made it 135, that's going to be much different, you yeah. know, than where Bryn Kenny made it so he had a half-pot bet on the river. Right, but Panetti could make it, for example, instead of making it 135, he could make it 85. It's going to be still... He could make it 85 and shove for, like, 160 on the river. That is, like... I mean, that's insane, though. 35 to 85, you're not folding out anything. But... I mean, you're folding out things that aren't very strong. And if you're like, this guy's an amateur and he just has it all the time, yeah, I you guess. are folding out things. Maybe, maybe you should... I, I mean, are you not folding out ace-10? I think shoving is a much better plan than that. I mean, raising 85 and then shoving 160 on the river or whatever, 140 on the river, I think looks stronger. But it I probably guess. doesn't matter in practice yeah. very often, though, right? Like making 85 or shoving, Tim Adams is often calling with the same ranges, right? Yeah. So then shoving is probably better. Yeah, because this way, every time a club comes, we get the full double up, and we at least get the full force and power of our fold equity instead of just some of it. I do think you're folding a lot out when you make it 85 over 35. I mean, you're I folding really out complete garbage. I mean, if if you have Ace Nine and you're Tim Adams, are you calling? No, I'm probably folding Ace Nine. How about Ace Ten? That one's close. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a good spot. It's not a great spot. I could. The guy can have all the things that beat us, and we beat only draws that decided not to bet out themselves on the turn. I don't know. It doesn't seem good. I mean, that's what happened, but it still seems not super Is likely. this the thing you're going to start doing? What? Making an 85 in a spot like this? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think there's value in sort of what I was saying of um, when the club comes, you actually get the full double when he does call. So true. That, that's kind of useful because we're shoving the river anyway, and we know it, right? Yeah. And also, yeah, so that... So why not? Why not make sure we get the full double every time he does call? That's the reason to shove. Not, but I don't think it's that eighty-five doesn't look any doesn't look scary or isn't going to fold out stuff. I think it is. Well, I think it's just going to fold out less in general. I think it's going to fold out pretty close to the same range. Honestly, depends on who you're playing against. Maybe yes. against Timothy Adams, that's true. Against unknown player, I think they're going to be a lot more price sensitive. And okay, think about it differently. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Anyway, Panetti decides to call. He just calls. What? It is cheap. 35 to win 137. He's out of position. He's actually... <sighs> he's almost I mean, getting the right he's, price. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost. It's not quite. Jeez. Only if he has implied odds. What is the plan? I don't know if he has implied odds. What is the freaking plan? This is just... This is, this is a tough hand to watch. Go down. <laughs> I'm not liking this decision. Yeah. 
I don't I don't love it either. I think I would have shoved. He's trying to protect, you know, in practice. In practice, I, I would have shoved. I don't know. Maybe theoretically you could talk me into a different plan, but I imagine you also in practice, if you were in the spot, would have shoved. I think, I mean, probably I would have just led the turn. I would have bet the turn. Well, yeah, that too. And then shoved the river when, but I, when I, I, I got see called. A check, I could see a check shove plan on the turn here. Being yeah, absolutely. A pretty good plan, which I, it's a plan I've had before in spots like this. Sure. I mean, it's, it's pretty sweet. Except you also get to see if the big blind bets or not right. right when the big blind checks you're like oh baby come on tim adams yeah bet you're bet you're anything right now i don't care because i'm just gonna blow you off. yeah i think shoving just has to be a lot better here i mean yeah. you get to just pick up so many chips yeah so often and if you and honestly it's not that bad if you let's say you see a free river and it checks through and you miss and you check and lose then you didn't put in that many chips and you still have your stack you actually yeah. preserve your, that's actually i like that better than leading because actually if we lead and someone shoves on us we have to fold yeah fucked you have to fold yeah that's 100%. a disaster yeah so that's good. Yeah, I think check shoving okay. is the best plan. Yeah, I like check shoving. Anyway, Panetti calls. 35K. Fine. Mikel folds. Yeah. The pot's 172K now. Panetti's in the small blind with five, six of clubs. I like this because whatever comes, if it's a club, then Tim Adams is probably going to have a tough decision. If it's not a club, then Panetti has sort of a, like, what do I do? So I like that. Okay. What anyway, happens? as I was fucking saying before you interrupted me. <laughs> wow, you're so salty. Well, you are being kind you got, of... You need a little pretzel with that salt, buddy? I could go for a pretzel. Oh, God, a nice hot pretzel. Oh, a hot pretzel, yeah. I was just thinking about like a normal pretzel. Oh, man, fuck those oh, things. No, they're obviously not those as good as hot dry, pretzel. dry, crunchy All right. mofos. All right, let me ask you this, though. Here we go. Uh, here food we time. Go. It's Food Corner with Grant and John. All right. Hot pretzel. Yeah. Obviously far superior to not hot it's pretzel. It's not close. But if there was a bowl of pretzels right here, right now, just like rolled gold pretzels, you would eat one, right? Um, Salty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget how it's I mean, salty. Look. I would eat any kind of wonderful chip, and a pretzel certainly counts as one of the wonderful chips of the world. Okay, like, I don't think you should call a pretzel a chip. I think that's going to be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I'm just I, that's fair, but I mean it more like if there were potato chips here, I'd probably have one of those too. If there was a Dorito here, I'd probably have one of those. Any kind of sort of snacky, salty, yeah. good food that crunches, yeah, I'm in. And pretzel counts as that, and I do like a good pretzel, even a hard pretzel. But I don't eat those. How very about a much. mustard pretzel? Those are pretty good. What the f- Oh, no, I don't like those. The you honey mustard? You don't like that? Fuck honey mustard, just wow. in general. Let me just say that. You know, there aren't that many things <laughs> and also, that I really not, rail not, against. I guess some are honey mustard. Some are just like mustard. Well, mustard just, pretzels. They yeah. have the mustard flavor. I'm not talking about that right now. mustard. I'm talking about honey mustard. What fucking egghead moron in some food science lab came up with the idea of let's combine two things that have nothing to do with each other and fight with each other the entire way. And what morons out there like it? That's what I want to know. Wow. There's none of you, right? If any listeners like it, you can just turn off this podcast right don't now. Do we don't want you. I think it's a very popular we, flavor. We don't want you on this show <laughs> Be anymore. careful. It's a very popular if you flavor. Suggest, if you suggest a hand and you like honey mustard, I'll tell you what, you can fuck off. <laughs> Wow, we just lost half the population. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But these the ones who are left get me, and I like it, and I get you. It's like the German guy in Breaking Bad, you know, testing all the different flavors. And he, oh, yeah, that's right. Honey mustard. It is was, like that. Honey mustard made the cut, except... That's the one he just eats, like... Yeah, but then he didn't commit suicide after eating that one. He enjoyed that one and didn't kill himself afterwards. I'm like... And when Breaking Bad, you know, the real reason why he kills himself is because, because of the, the flavors the are so flavors bad. Were terrible. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I guess that's a little spoiler for Breaking Bad, but it's pretty little. I mean, it's going to be, you're not going to remember that if you haven't started the Breaking Bad. If you haven't bed. seen it, you're not going to know. And if you have seen it, you, you know what we're talking about. Anyway. Congratulations. The flop was nine of diamonds, ten of clubs, queen of clubs. It checked around. The turn was the queen of hearts. It checked to Timothy Adams, who bet his queen six, bet 35K into 102. He got called by Christoph Panetti with his five, six of clubs and 226K. Pot's 172K now, so we got the six high flush draw against Trip Queens. 
Yep. Rivers the deuce of spades. But then he moves in for 191K. I mean, what, what, the, what the hell, man? That's what Panetti does. So 191 into, into 172. Yeah. So what is Panetti repping? What's He's your... repping trip queens or better. Right. Pretty yeah, clearly. He's like, I called and then now I'm shoving for value because I don't want you to check it back. Yeah. It's possible. Definitely possible. He's often going to just lead that on the turn. But maybe not always. Maybe it's a not. weird way to play trip queens or better. The deuce should not be like a reason that he's moving in, obviously. I don't see how the deuce would ever matter. Yeah. Right. It doesn't seem like he can't really have pocket deuces. Him having queen deuce seems really out of bounds, even for an amateur in the small yeah. blind in this in a $5,300 buying event. I guess there's a few guys, but I where mean, there's 42 left. You've in this played event. the main event before. But not when there's like 5% of the field left. True, true. That's like there's very few guys who are going to be calling queen deuce suited with 25 blinds in the small blind, maybe zero, right? Yeah. So I think we can reasonably say that deuce doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, cool. So here we are as Tim Adams. Well, here's the thing that sucks is Tim Adams. Our kicker doesn't play. That does suck. Well, it does play, but it's going to be worse than his kicker if he has a queen. Yep. Uh, so that's not good. That's not good. I thought of something that is good. What's that? It's really hard for uh, anyone to think we as Tim Adams have trip queens ourselves because we so under because we check the flop. That's true. And we, we got tiny on the turn. We are pretty underrepped here. I mean, one of the things Tim Adams might have been doing with the 35... K bet is trying to um, induce a little bit too, potentially, because he bets so small, even into a wet board, you know, and a spot where after he had checked back the flop and he looks super weak, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's good. Now, so there's good and bad. The announcers do mention that Panetti had a very tight image at this point. Ah. So that's bad. That is really bad. Yeah. We that's don't, really, really We don't bad. love that as Tim Adams. <sighs> that so, sucks. I mean, this guy being an amateur, we can't assign him necessarily similar thought process and hand ranges. Like you wouldn't expect any great player to show up with King Queen here. No. Most of the time. But maybe Panetti can, you know? Maybe. And so if Panetti can show up with all of his trip queens and play them this way, that becomes problematic. That's not great. Um the question is not so much can have Panetti have can Panetti have trip queens? Although that is of course what an important question. I think the question is what things do we beat that he might play this way? I think that's a really important. Like, what things can we think of that we beat? I think it's mostly just flush draws, which didn't check-raise the turn. Ace-jack, maybe? Maybe ace-jack that didn't check-raise the turn, didn't shove pre-flop. Yeah. By the way, ace-jack is such a slam-dunk shove pre-flop. I agree. Um, could, it be like a worse, could it be like jack-10 that he's turning into a bluff? This guy? If he's been tight? Probably not. I'm asking the question. I mean, it turns out he is six high. Why would you turn Jack 10 into a bluff? It could be ahead. I can't imagine it what It could easily be ahead. Tim Adams bet 35K on the turn. There's no When everybody checked twice. There's, if you have any kind of made hand, there's no reason to turn your hand into a no. bluff here. That's correct. You're right. Okay, so it can't be Jack 10. Jack 8 is a straight, so it'd be down to Jack 7. I don't think we can give him Jack 7. No. Um, okay. Probably can't give him Ace Jack. So there may be no Jacks that make real sense. Yep. And then what are the flush draws that make sense? It, I mean, like, assuming he is calling pseudo connectors pre flop. And ace exit clubs. Yeah. I assume he's doing that too, even though he should be squeezing it. Yeah, I guess maybe he is. I think it's very reasonable to think he is. Um, so there's some pseudo connector clubs. There's the ace exit clubs. There can be the king X of clubs, maybe? Like king eight of clubs? Which club? Which was the club on the, the non club on the flop? Was it, it 10 was or 9? The nine. So maybe king nine of clubs? He's turning into a bluff for what reason? Right. He doesn't have to do that. So king eight of clubs are worse, maybe. Eh, I don't maybe. give it. No, come on. Maybe. 
I doubt it. He has five six. Uh, it's way different. You know it's different. It's different, but no. But in an amateur's mind, who like second rec call with king six suit and the solver liked it. I'm just saying. Okay, king, king eight of clubs. All maybe, right, maybe, Let's maybe. I, I I have to be a little more open to some of these things. Maybe all these hands, by the way, which were combo draws, they didn't bet on the turn. Yeah, and like, it's weird. Or just the flush draws that didn't or, bet on and the didn't turn. check raise. It's really, it's hard to put them on. It's hard to know what the hell to do here. Yep. It very much is. What are we losing to? We're losing to good queens. Any queen that he played. Let's be, let's be okay. real. Yeah, any queen that he played. You're right. Because he doesn't have queen eight. No. Okay. So we're losing to all. Well, we are losing the queen eight, by the way, if you decide to play that. <laughs> That's a good point. And queen seven. Um, no, 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 we're not. We're chopping. No, we're not. Queen, 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 ten, nine. Oh, right, that's you're right. Playing. You're right. You're right. So that's, but he's not playing queen eight anyway. It doesn't matter. Three queens, not yeah. two. Um, yeah. So he usually has queen 10 plus if he's playing a queen, right? Such a weird way to play a full house. Yep. To suddenly just shove out of nowhere, not to even just bet an amount that maybe he can get called by. Like, let's remember something. As Tim Adams, we look like we have a weak range. And why is he shoving into a weak range if he has a very strong hand? Now, he's an amateur. Maybe he's just trying to get I mean, you've value. played with amateurs a lot. I they, have. They freak out and bet they, big when they have it a they lot. They do. They a really lot. do. They like, bet. I mean, I've seen it so many times. Yeah. I remember, just a quick little story. The first time you and I ever went to a poker tournament together, we went to Pendleton, and we were playing. Um, we were at the same table. And I had like, like that two. was weird. It's like there's like 50 tables and yeah. somehow we got seated at the same and table. And the very first time we ever, yeah, yeah, it was really strange. But I still remember this where like I had two nines and, the, and I bet the flop and the flop was like eight two deuce deuce. And this old guy I had called pre-flop and he called the flop and the turn was like a jack. And I was like, I think I should bet one more time against the old guy. Whatever. This is, by the way, is like seven years ago. So I bet again. We can, who cares if it's a good bet or not? We're not talking about that. The old guy, I bet like. 350, and the old guy moves in for like 12,000. I'm like, I guess I have to fold. So I yeah. fold, and then he shows like ace deuce. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, look at that. So that's a good example of what you're talking about. Right. 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 So it's like, this is so tough for a guy like Timothy Adams, or I'm putting myself in Timothy Adams' shoes sure. here. When it's like, okay, I know this guy's an amateur. They've been playing for a while. I know he's tight. A lot of what he's doing here doesn't make any sense with most hands that are possible. But I don't know how to interpret that. And because he's tight, I guess I lean towards folding. Okay, that's very reasonable. Let's, let's look at a different way to think about it and try and decide this, which is distribution. Let's go to distribution. Okay. Um, where does this stand in our distribution? I guess the question is, how, is Adams checking all queens on the flop? That's or maybe, maybe if he's betting queens, it's just queen jack, something like that, something with a draw to go with it. Maybe king queen also. Um. Maybe maybe he feels more comfortable betting ace queen even because like because why because he can get value from other queens. Oh, that's nice. But king queen queen jack. Yeah, still very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable to get check raised with that hand. I'd rather okay. have queen jack. But I mean, do you think he's like checking all over pairs also? No, if probably not. Then he's probably betting ace queen at least sometimes. Yeah. So uh, to all that to say that queen six is one of the better hands he has here. I yeah. think. It is, if we, especially if we assume he's betting sets on the flop, which I must assume. Seems like he has and he's to betting be. straights on the flop. I assume he's, he's just doing that. It feels so straightforward, forehanded to yeah. do that. Like, there's no, it seems dumb to slow play, and it's, he's not dumb. It's going to be tough to argue that queen six isn't near the top of the distribution. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe you have a few ace queens in there. Maybe you somehow have a few king queens in there, but come on. Like, you have a, it seems like you have all your queen sixes and all your, all your other queens, which this, they're all lumped together, and they're all, like, right there. They're, like, yeah. third, if not first. Yeah. 
Okay, so distribution would say we probably have to call, right? Because we have Ace-10, we have Ace-9, we have Jack-Jack, we have a bunch of other things that we might, that we might play this way, right? Yeah. And maybe even under pairs, like two sevens sometimes or something like that, where we're just like, okay, well, if everyone checked again, I'm not going to give everyone a free, free river card. Um, so for distribution says we probably have to call. The guy's image says maybe we shouldn't fucking call. Yeah, it's so tough. Like I'm, I'm imagining all these spots that I've had against amateurs in the past where they end up showing up with something that I don't expect, even based on my read on them. Like yeah. specific hand I played against this guy who's like a massive calling station, huge calling station. Like I, and in my opinion at the time was like, he doesn't really take aggressive actions as bluffs. He's just a big calling station. Yeah. I don't think I realized how much of an amateur he was. Cause I bet ACE 10 after he called out of the big blind on the ACE nine deuce flop. The turn was a Jack, I think. And I'm like, I, I got to keep trying to get value against this guy. So I bet and he raised mm-hmm. and I folded because he's a station. He's not a, an aggressive player. He showed a Jack or something. No, like he that. showed ace four as if he was ahead. Yeah. He yeah, thought yeah. he was ahead with ace four. Because well, you didn't, because get... you folded. So he has to be Yeah. Ahead, like, right. He's trying to get value with his ace four. He doesn't understand about yeah. theory disaster so, like, type spots. Yeah. So it's hard to divorce yourself from the level of poker theory that you're used to yeah. thinking about, but you have to try to think about it from these people's perspectives. And it's very hard. I'm not saying Panetti is as bad as that guy. But I assume he isn't. Yeah, I assume he is. Seems isn't. reasonable to think he isn't. Yeah. But he maybe 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 he's as bad as that guy compared to me against Tim Adams. Oh yeah, yeah. Like rel- the, yeah, relative the relative differences, maybe. Skill. Yeah. Like um so like as Tim Adams, it's probably very hard to to work on your assumptions based on the couple hours of play. Okay. All you know if the announcers are, are having the same assumptions as Tim Adams is that this guy seems tight. That's all you know. Right. And his line is weird. His line is super, super weird. So I, I mean, think I looked, just default towards folding. Huh. See, okay, first of all, I think in general, in any kind of marginal spot, you default towards folding, I default, default towards calling. I like, think we know this, right? I think that's correct, yeah. So, like, I default more towards a distribution argument. And also, like, where you're saying, like, it's a little hard to put, to figure out where this guy is. Yeah. So that makes me want to... Um, call a little bit more because I because I'm a little less clear about what the hell's going on and so then I'm gonna use distribution a little bit more to help me out um I feel like also this guy could take a stronger line which would make me want to fold more like let's say he checked the river as Tim Adams we bet 90,000 and now he shoves oh yeah that's it's like whoa well that I now have to fold against right that would be very interesting if that had happened but, but this is not. this is so this feels that so like he actually has he's showing strength but it's such a weird bizarre Strength. It is, but there's something that you've said on this podcast before, which is when the story doesn't make so much sense, usually they have it. The good players. Good players. Only yes. good players. We're That's talking true. About, though. The story didn't make sense, and he's an amateur who like is flatting in places we think he should be flatting. Actually, yeah. he's telling a bad story. That's yeah, yeah, not good. Story. That's not. Like I'm saying, if he check raises the river, that's him telling a good story, and he's an amateur. I'm, I'm more apt to believe him, right? I see. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, I, I fold. Yeah, I think I call. It's hard when we can see the cards for me to, you know, really know what I do here. But I think I call because I say, this is just one of the better hands that I ever have when I check the flop and bet 35K on the turn. And he's taking such a freaking weird line. I don't understand what he's, what he's even really saying he has. What's he supposed to have? And I understand sometimes I call and lose, but... Well, you would be right. I'd be and right this time. I would be uh, more in agreement with Timothy Adams, yeah. who has 17 million in Hendon. So I don't know who's. Uh, He'd have it. more in Hendon if he makes this call. I don't know though, if huh? that's true or not. <laughs> it doesn't, might, might not make a difference in this tournament at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Panetti gets it through. Yeah. And then he, he doesn't make it that much longer. He, he ends goes, up yeah. finishing. Let me see. Because this is as big a score. Finishing 40th. So oh, just a few seven places. Seven more higher, places. Yeah. yeah. 
doesn't make it that much farther. Let's see how Timothy Adams finished in this event, huh? Okay. Shall we? Shall we figure that one out? Hopefully, I can do that relatively quickly. See if, uh, oh, this is the one that Manny Gloser won against Wei Huang. We've done uh, oh, yeah. the one where Ryan Reese made the 10 high call. That whole thing. Tim Adams cool. finished eighth. Yeah, so think about it. He had those extra chips. <laughs> Maybe he would have finished higher. Yeah. What's the difference between eighth and seventh? What's the pay jump? Uh, it's 78,000 euros oh. to 109,000 euros. Oh, no big deal at all. So you thought it was, seven, you thought it was 78,000 euros. It's not 78,000 is eighth place. Seventh is 109,000. Oh. 109, oh, so it's 31,000? Yeah. You know, yeah, no one wants that, though. No one wants 31,000 euros. Timothy Adams Make the call, Timothy, and go buy a car. How about that? Go buy what for you would be a very inexpensive car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. You really got him. Go time. get your kitchen redone. You got, him, you got him again.